Hey guys, I'm Jordan Fromer. I believe in hunting hard, hunting smart, and having a fun time while doing it. And shooting limits? Well, that's just the icing on the cake. I revel in the journey just as much as the successes it brings. From ducks to dogs to decoys and guns, we'll be talking tactics, strategies, and what it takes to get the job done. Load up and take aim. This is the Duck Gun Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. On today's episode, we'll be talking duck hunting gear, the essentials, the non-essentials, the things we bring, that, and much more. Let's jump right into the podcast. Full screen. What's going on, everybody? I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube. Got my co-host alongside me, Elliot from Freelance Duck Hunting on YouTube. Thanks for joining us for another episode of the podcast. How you doing tonight? I'm doing pretty good. I see my mom's already in the crowd. That's always a good thing. Nice. Have your mom there cheering you on, right? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I don't know if my mom even knows how to make a YouTube account. <laughs> well, my mom knows enough to be very dangerous with, with all social media. Oh yeah, I've uh, I've seen her on Facebook as well. Yeah. <laughs> she loves political posts on Facebook. Let me tell you. <laughs> And I'm so, not into politics hardly at all. I mean, I just don't. I used to be. And at some point in time, I got so frustrated that I was like, you know what? This is not enhancing my life at all. And I just totally withdrew from it. And my life has been so much happier ever since. But yeah, my definitely. mom is just like constantly trying to bait me into political discussions and stuff <laughs> because she's all in on it, but not me. Sharing all the posts <laughs> with you. And yeah, I'm definitely uh, not into arguing over the internet. Like, uh, life's too short man <laughs> yeah i mean honestly i had a poll come up on facebook the other day just random it's like do you think facebook is beneficial to the society uh detrimental you know a bunch of, and i put like the worst pot i think that facebook <laughs> is so toxic because everyone behind their keyboard is so self-righteous and knows so much it's like so many casual friendships are just destroyed by <laughs> by people's dogmatic beliefs on facebook it's ridiculous yeah, it's crazy. But I'm still on there, so. Yeah, me too. But yeah, I usually don't. I stay out of that stuff. For sure. <laughs> and every time, every time I say anything, like reply, someone put some ridiculously one-sided stupid post on there, and I'll say something back about it, and then within five minutes, I regret it. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, yeah, I got to remember. Never <laughs> say anything <laughs> substantial other than about waterfowl hunting on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've made, like, one, like, super substantial uh like post recently and i like deleted it immediately i'm like come on like like i don't want to add any drama it was actually like yeah i'm not even gonna get into it let's let's move on to the next subject yeah okay <laughs> sounds good to me <laughs> before i get myself in trouble yeah the only <laughs> the only thing i like about like or not like the only thing that i'll participate in politics is like if it has to do with like duck hunting or the outdoors like i'm like well you know, it's at least good to like, it's good to know all of it, but <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, for sure. Yep. So, uh, what you've been up to lately? I've been seeing on the Instagram, you've been out scouting and yeah, we took our first trip to the marshes, um, a couple days ago, golden boy and a couple of my boys and Izzy and I, and I just wanted to take a tour of, um, the public marshes and see what they had planted where the water levels we're looking at and, and man, we are hurting for water. And I, I already knew that, but it's worse than I thought it was. I, uh, the water situation. And we came back with, I pulled 27 ticks off of Izzy, 15 oh, wow. off myself. And it's, but we still had a good time. And there was one pool I'm really excited about that is full of really good looking corn that, I, that they can pump. So it, it was a great, man. It was, it was fun to get out and just daydream about duck hunting, honestly. Yeah. Yep. And I, I took to... Izzy out training yesterday. I hadn't I hadn't worked her for a while, so I got her a lot of water, water retrieves. And man, I swear she's about half her age when she gets out working. It's crazy. She's limping around the house <laughs> all the time, and I get her out working her, and it's like she's a pup again, you know. Nice. So what about you? You been doing anything? Uh, yeah, I kind of did a similar similar thing on Monday. Um, you know, I took I was actually gonna do uh, you know, a, a canoe video, and a couple others like you know, starting to get back into the content of the swing of you know more heavy content being closer to season and stuff but uh 
man, I got out there and it wasn't the ticks that were attacking me. It was like horse flies and deer flies and like just getting eaten up. And then like, like you said, like we're, we're pretty low in water too. And the Creek I normally access through, I couldn't get through. And I was like trying so hard. It was such a struggle. And then finally I got out to like the main part of the river and, uh, it, I guess I get stuck out there in a thunderstorm. <laughs> oh, nice. So yeah, I'm, we're still on the river. Like I just pull over to a sandbar and I'm like, well, just wait for the rain to pass. And you know, I can't get out my big camera or anything. Um, and you know, then I hear lightning and thunder. I'm like, okay. And I, you know, run to the woods. Cause I'm like, that's better than standing in the river. And, yeah. uh, <laughs> and yeah. Um, so just got I love and got soaked. in harsh weather. It's I just something about being in harsh weather. I just love it. Is I don't know. It's so <laughs> much fun to me. I love those moments. Yeah, I do too. Up to a certain point, like uh, like you know this this last season, the last week of hunting, it was so cold. It was so cold, like your feet would hurt, and that's mm-hmm. when I'm not a fan of it. Like when my feet hurt so bad because it's so cold. Um, but I, I just need to come up with a better strategy for keeping my feet warm that's like a hard thing to do yeah I, I have poor circulation in my feet and that my feet are the only things that ever get cold and there's something about my poor circulation i need to invest in because i know they've got socks that actually have little um wires down in there and little heaters and stuff yeah and that's the only i think they're only about 50 bucks i i would love to get those because my feet get really cold yeah i've thought about getting something like that the only thing i've heard they only last like a couple hours so oh really well that'd yeah. be better than nothing so, yeah, yeah you know, it gets you the foot, first couple hours the little foot warmers work pretty well if you just drop them down in your boot where you can't tell your feet don't feel warm they just don't feel numb anymore you know yeah what i do is actually take the the hand warmers and so i'll wear like two pairs of socks so i'll wear like a thin pair and then i'll take the the hand warmer i put it on top of my toes and tape it up and then pull mm-hmm. my you know wool socks over it and so um, the only problem is sometimes your feet start to sweat, like, cause if you do it right away, like I, maybe I need to wait till I get there or something. Um, it's just, yeah, it's like a, a, a thin lead. You gotta, a thin line. You gotta tread. You gotta like keep your feet warm, even like up to the point you get there. Cause if they're cold already, there's no warming them out up after you get out there. But if you get them too warm and start sweating, then they're wet and then you're, you're just done. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's just I'm so I'm never cold. proactive about that stuff. I, that extra little things like hand warmers, feet warmers. I'm always, I, I don't worry about it until my feet are killing me. So, and then someone always has to give them to me and I plop them down in there. So. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I never mean, good enough to do it ahead of time. It doesn't get that cold in Kansas. Does it? Um, you know, we get several days that are below zero. Okay. I mean, yeah, we that's had, cold. yeah, we, we get, um, we'll have a few hunts that are be right around zero. So it gets pretty cold. That's the thing about Kansas. It's like the drastic extremes. Like we've been at a hundred for a long time and the humidity is terrible, but yet we can drop below zero as well. Hmm. Yeah. We uh, honestly, I think most years we only have like a couple days of below zero, but I mean, that's fine with me. <laughs> it's it's yeah. probably good for the ducks though. Good. Get a good push of ducks. Yeah, I love those times because then we always go to the river and we're hunting the river. But it can get so cold that the rivers completely ice up too. And when the when the rivers completely ice up, things get really bleak. But it's got it's got to be zero or below multiple days for it to do that. And the river has to be low. But it can it can happen, and it that's when everything shuts down. Yeah. So do yes. you have a to do list before hunting season that you know you have to do or things you have to buy because we're coming up like eight weeks or so i think no but i probably should like uh, i mean like for me i gotta get a case of shells or i mean i don't have to you can buy them like box by box but then that stinks like if you i don't know do you get a case or you go box by box my dad and i normally get a case of we've been buying federals and we get a case of two twos and a case of fours from rogers before the season starts and we split those and that normally does it um for the whole year yeah, that sounds. I normally right. shoot about two hundred shells a year, somewhere between one seventy-five and two seventy-five is kind of my how many shells I shoot each year. I average about five or six, about six shells uh, per hunt is is kind of my average. Six shells, six birds sounds about right. Yeah, I wish. <laughs> I wish. I struggle honestly. I struggle to hit three birds a hunt. I I that's always my yearly goal is to shoot three birds a hunt, but I'm more, I'm more often than not, you know, between two, five and three, sometimes yeah. lower than two, five on really bad years. But yeah, I mean, that's probably better than average for sure. 
I don't know. I mean, uh, from what I'm seeing on the freelance hunts, hunts stats site um, that I've got is that people are saying their average is closer to three and mine's a little bit lower, but um, I mean, do you think I mean, they we, log their hunts that they get skunked on? Probably. I, not. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I don't know that uh, people probably I'm so diligent at logging everything. I'm not sure. I'm I would assume there's probably a portion of people that log it when they do well and don't, when they don't just not, not intentionally, but you're excited to log a hunt when you do really yeah. well mm-hmm. and you're not, when you do. that's a good point. That's a good point. My, I, I thought it was probably due to the fact that um, we are so very conservative with the shots that we take way more so than most people that I think that we end up putting a few less birds on the water, but we certainly end up losing um, way less birds than the people. And that's just how we want to do it. I'd rather just shoot them in close than pull the trigger a lot. And I, I think that that, might account for some of it you know another thing you might have to consider like you know people um you know we probably everybody has a tendency to do that like when two people shoot you you're like that was my bird or mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you know you split yeah. it and then that'll yeah. drive people's numbers up too because they're probably going to include those in their stats as well yeah and the way we do it, see when i when we were recording our logs on uh, excel spreadsheet we, we counted halves and i actually recorded halves so you could have two and a half on a hunt. But on when I had the developer make freelance hunt stats, um, I didn't want people messing with halves because that's just that's kind of a little bit over the top. I thought, even though even though I like halves, some people I think their reaction to that's probably gonna be like, okay, come on, that's one step too far. So <laughs> the way that we do it for for when I'm logging on hunt stats is if it's a split, I count it as one. But if there's two splits in a hunt, then I still only count it as one. So that's how I personally do it myself. So if Aiden and I split on two birds, I'm only counting it as one. But if we split on one bird, I'm counting that as one as well. Does that, that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that makes sense to me. That's how we handle that. But yeah, man, I love keeping track of how many birds I shoot. And, <laughs> and I, I put up a poll on YouTube. I, I don't know if you've used it, but do you have the community tab? On no, yet? that's. I think that's for people ten thousand subs and above. Well, I've really been enjoying it because I've been using the. You can create polls in there, and um, it shows. I never knew where it showed up until I got my new phone, and it shows up on the YouTube phone app. So if you click subscriptions, and you put up a a poll, then it, that's where that's where it'll show. So about every day on YouTube, I've been putting up different polls. And like, how many times did you hunt a year? And what's your dream duck? You know, just things like that. And I've been getting pretty good reaction. I've been getting about three to four to a couple of have 500 votes on it, which I think is great. Oh, wow. Um, That is a lot. But I put one on there about um, logging and keeping track of your hunt data. And the questions were, um, you do it currently, um, you have no interest in it, or you don't do it, but you would like to. And I I wasn't sure what to expect. And it ended up being out of like, I think 400 votes that 51% of the people don't log their hunts, but they would like to 25% currently do and 25% have no interest. So it was, it was 75% of people actively want to log their hunts. And I was really surprised by that. I thought it would be much, much lower than that, which is encouraging to me. Yeah. 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 I voted on that as I'd, I'd like to. <laughs> Yeah. I've really been enjoying those polls. It's just a great way to, it's just fun. It's just, yeah. it's just fun. <laughs> yeah. So they got those, like uh, that. they got similar pools on Facebook as well. And, uh, you know, they got them in the groups. So if you guys want to join us at fellowship of the duck gun, we got stuff like that going on there as well. Not too many pools, honestly, but <laughs> more of the other stuff. So, yeah. Um, you, you think this is a good time to jump into this or that? I think so. See, now we're just talking about polls. I think that. All right. <laughs> so, uh, you guys got to bear with us. This is the first test run of this new, I don't know what you want to call it, game type. Com- it's like a, um, you guys can uh, interact with us on these. So, it, um, it's called this or that, and we go through it kind of two different topics and you got to decide this or that and the pools will come up and you guys vote um elliot's going to drop the links in the the comments over there just click on the comments 
and uh, cast your vote. So let's. So you want me doing one link, one link at a time, right? Yep, as we're on each topic. So. Okay. So if any, I got got the first one ready to go. All right, almost ready. All righty. So this or that. Slide number one, it's ducks or geese. What you got on this, Elliot? Oh, man. Uh, what, what do I, you want me to tell you what I think? Yeah. My I mean, opinion? what's oh, your... Man. <laughs> ducks. What, what if it's I mean, some it's, of those, it's uh, those yeah. ice holes? And... <laughs> I love those gooses over ice holes. But, I mean, the things that ducks do in the air, uh, I just, I love ducks. I love ducks as well. And we got we got some votes coming in. Looks like ducks are up quite a bit at this point. And uh, you know, one thing I've kind of noticed is in my area, even like the group I hunt with, almost everybody says, almost everybody says that uh, you know, they prefer geese over ducks. But uh, I just I like greenheads. <laughs> yeah. Was there a, a suggestion from the peanut crowd? Uh, the peanut uh, over the music. Okay. I can adjust that. I think it is hard to hear over Okay. Is that any better? This is our is first time going through this segment, so bear with us, guys. Yeah, working out some things. Hope you guys enjoy it, though. Everyone get over there and vote on that now. This is only Interactive pool. It shows up on here. Yeah. We got 28 people and 10 votes. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll allow a little bit more time for uh, everybody to cast their vote on the, the topic. Is it better now? A little bit lower on the music. All right. Now, uh, two years ago, I certainly would have been a lot five years ago I would have been much more adamant about the ducks versus geese but a little bit the the hunts we've been having lately with geese have certainly opened my eyes a little bit yeah yeah the thing about geese is it feels like if they're gonna work they work right in like ducks can be finicky you can have like some groups that don't work and some that do and then like uh but but you never really see that with ducks or like you know the opposite like geese just they're right in there if they're gonna be or they're not and ducks it's just like if they're not coming in there's not you know they're not coming in <laughs> yeah yeah I'm being so told this that is that actually volume is better now is what I'm being told awesome so this is actually more split than I thought it'd be right now uh, 64 to 36 percent with ducks in the lead and I just thought I thought it would be overwhelmingly ducks because almost everybody's opinion that we've interviewed on the podcast as well has been that ducks over geese <laughs> so a little surprised a little little bit surprised on that well they do things come that are so cool to see yeah that I just and there's so many different varieties of them and different species they're more colorful um that that it's just i prefer to see them visually plus geese like canada's i mean you see them all the time you see them in parks you see them on the golf course you know a a beautiful widgeon drake you're only gonna see that moment when they're in you know flying around at the marsh you just have so much little and a much less interaction with them than you do all right let's jump to the next one and this topic is um This topic is face paint or face mask. Oh, and what's what's your opinion on this one, Elliot? Um, I typically wear a mask over face, but I do have face paint with me at all times, and I do wear it sometimes. I lose things a lot, and so having a face mask that I don't hate. Can be tricky because I I want I like the face masks that actually have a built-in mouth hole on it and eye holes so that when you're calling you don't have to try to call through anything and uh, I keep losing them my dad will give me one and I'll lose it so I it, inevitably I'll end up wearing face paint multiple times <laughs> but I prefer so, a good face mask I prefer face paint 100 because it just like 
it looks cooler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't have to be, you know, that it's more uh, appealing for the ducks, but, yeah. you know, it's it's more appealing for Instagram. I don't know. <laughs> I got you. No, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, but this is really split, too. Right now, it's a... Um, Six for for face paint, oh, seven for face paint, and eight for face masks. So that's interesting as well. That it would be pretty split. <laughs> so now, some, some, I do see some face paint getups on YouTube that I'm like, okay, come on, that's not covering your face. If you just <laughs> want to do war paint on your face, that's fine, but that's not actually helping. <laughs> I've seen some of them that are like that. Yeah, my, my thought is, is as long as it's like just like breaking up your prof profile the same way that um you know camo would and like obviously taking away the shine and if mm -hmm. they see the shine it's gonna kind of direct them to your face and then they're gonna be able to you know pick you out but it breaks up your your, your profile bit and takes away the shine I think then the face paint's doing the job and you can do whatever pattern you want after that yeah yeah and you can get it during Halloween, the little tubes of black for like a buck each. That's why I picked up like six last year. I still have like <laughs> a ton of them laying around. Yep. And let's jump to the next slide. And this slide is early season versus late season. So mm, man. you want to be out there in the ice? Or you want to be out there 60 degrees fighting off the mosquitoes. <laughs> they both have their pros and cons. Yeah, and for early season here, I would I would think of that as early regular duck season. So yeah. mid-October, early November, where you I wouldn't think of that as teal season. Like uh, duck opener. You know. Duck opener. Yeah. Because we're we typically don't have any mosquitoes by the time that rolls around. The mosquito hunts for us are October. I mean uh teal season in September. Yeah. So this Normally one is best. this one is one hundred like everybody not everybody. We have early season vote, but most everybody's going for late season on this one. I would be curious as to why that is for people, because I know maybe just the type of people here were that we're attracting, but there's definitely a huge group of people that aren't equipped to deal with the ice. And I know there's a lot of arguments here in my state about one of the zones be either opening at the beginning of November or the third week of November. And the huge argument is that people want to be able to hunt the mixed bags in early November in shallow water marshes versus the people that want to hunt ice holes and things like that. And it's a pretty um, evenly matched argument and the people on the forums get really vocal about it. And I can, I can see both sides to the argument, but I'm surprised it's not a little more even yeah. than, than it is. I know for me personally, I have better success. Like opening day, maybe opening first two weeks, See, that's, that's kind of where it gets iffy because, like, opening first two weeks is really good usually. And then it kind of, you know, tapers off a little bit. And then late season, we have, like, a second split. And that second split's always icy and cold, and we just smash the ducks. So it's like, yeah, we yeah. smash them at the beginning. And that late split is just as long as that early section where you're smashing them. So, But I think just it's that, you know, a lot of things go into it. You have kind of a, a feel of, like, they're just more memorable hunts kind of when you go through all the harsh weather and... Yeah. and uh, end up getting, you know, limits of mallards just flying in real close and having yeah. some unique hunts over ice, stuff like that. Absolutely. I, 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 man, I still don't know which one I would pick on this because I love the mixed bags. And we actually, some of my very best months over my lifetime have been November. Um, I've got a place where we were shooting them last year that some Novembers are just all world. And then I've had some Novembers that weren't any good. I've had some Januaries that were fantastic. I've had others that weren't very good. So I don't know. Yeah. I just like it all. It, I would first to pick. You can't beat those river hunts where it's really cold. So yeah. I'd probably take late season, I guess. But man, it's it's not a no brainer for me at all. Yeah. Plus we're yeah. like you know we're hunting the shallow prairie marshes in October too within the layout boats, and that is so much fun. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I'd go. I could go either one on this, but I, I'd pick late season as well. Slide number four, and this one is rivers or marshes. So it almost uh, comes back to what you just said previously. Mm -hmm. 
What's your so, uh, I think, you know, uh, for me, I would say that <laughs> I would say marshes. <laughs> it's so hard to pick. It's, this is a really, really hard one to pick. But I've had, <laughs> I don't know. I really don't know. I've had probably more success on the rivers. And there's just yeah. something about hunting, hunting rivers. There's just like, I feel like you never have a bad day on a river. You might have a bad day on a marsh, but there's always something on the river. They're always using it for one reason or another. Yeah, typically that time of year, you're always seeing something. I, uh, For me, if I was going to like, what is my ideal hunt? Give me a low of 32 and a high of 42. Maybe even a low, a little lower than that, where you're just getting a little bit of ice on the marshes, but not much. And where there's a lot of mallards around. And I'll, t I'll take that hunt probably over, even over a ice hole river hunt. Because um, you, you're going to see so many different species in that environment. And it's just, it's just wonderful. That's, I'd have to say marshes on this one. Just overall, I love a good marsh, especially a good prairie marsh. You give me a shallow prairie marsh and there's nothing more beautiful than that. Yeah, I like to see one thing about marshes is I like to see a dog work in the marsh more than a river just because like usually it's like yeah. you're saying it's shallow. You get to see them sprinting through the water and just tearing it up. Um, yeah, that's a good point, too, because my late season hunts now that Izzy's a little older, I don't, if it's below you know 12 degrees, I don't even take her anymore. So I would like to have her with me. So that's that's a good thought as well. So what's what's your final answer? <laughs> I'll go marshes on marshes. Is my final All right. answer. I'll stick with rivers, but it looks like the audience has the tiebreaker and it goes to marshes. <laughs> Slide number five. And slide number five is beard or no beard. <laughs> and I pulled your, your picture from the archives. <laughs> and uh, this isn't like if you prefer i don't know what this actually means like does it would you prefer to have a beard even if you can't grow one like let's for, say for people in the audience if you can't grow one <laughs> or if you're like nah just clean shave and you can't grow one mine's oh, definitely a beard i'll tell you my boys are big time into the idea of having beards <laughs> oh you forgot my picture of no beard <laughs> <laughs> yeah Man, look at me. That was last summer. Gosh, I look so much <laughs> younger, don't I? Clean shaved. That's your younger brother, Seriously. right? Dang, handsome. Man. <laughs> 100% beards. <laughs> uh, it's it's shifting. It's shifting. Yeah, but, but my, my boys are, they really cannot wait until they can have a full beard. When, when did you first grow your first beard? Let's just... <laughs> Man, you know, I'm not sure. Somewhere in my 20s. Like I even like a, a goatee? Really? Oh. Yeah. You I, couldn't tell yeah, you because you, you grow a good beard now. So I didn't even really, I, I wasn't capable of growing a beard. I didn't really start becoming, get my manhood till about 16. <laughs> so I was late bloomer. Hmm. I'm so, pretty sure I had I, a goatee I, I, about 15 or 16. Yeah. No, not mine. Definitely would have been the 20s. I don't even remember even in college having facial. I'm sure I could have. I just don't remember. I had a terrible long, just a chin goatee that's brutal um, in my late <laughs> 20s. That my, I see that picture and everyone makes fun of me when they see it. Oh, I got to see this now. <laughs> it wasn't real long, but not, not like as long as what you've got. But it was only the chin. You know, I did that for a while, like only a chin goatee. And that just it looked terrible. Yeah, I hear you on that. <laughs> I can't imagine it though. I want to see it now. <laughs> yeah, I'll, it's on Facebook. I'll I'll try to find it and put it All in right. the. That'll be in the Fellowship, Fellowship of the, the Duck. Guns. Yeah, that'll yeah. be there tonight. I'll put it in there. I'll put it in there. I can find it. It'll probably be in there. Uh, your mom will have it in there before we're done with the yeah. episode. <laughs> mom, get on it. I know you know which picture I'm talking about. Get on it. All right. Well, good enough. If you guys enjoyed that, hit the like button so we know that you guys are enjoying what we're doing. I'm hitting the so. like button because I, I totally enjoyed that. That was fun. <laughs> yeah, pretty good. I got to do a little tweaks here and there. That's the first time we ran through it. 
Um, I didn't have our face cam set up correctly on the last four slides, unfortunately. So we just had it for the first slide. Um, yeah, I'll have to double check all that stuff. And looks like my graphs were cut off, but no big deal. Still fun. Yeah, that was cool. Well done. <laughs> so if you guys are just joining us, I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube. My co-host alongside me is Elliot from freelance duck hunting on youtube and if you guys are here obviously you know that but you know for the people listening we're letting them know as well and um so, yeah the topic the topic for tonight is going to be duck hunting gear you know what we use and yeah so let's jump on into that unless you got something else you want to add before we go well, before there. before we start the gear i would i would say the now i have made myself i sat down and made a huge list. So what we're going to discuss tonight is not what you have to have. I put down in my list the essentials, not the essentials, but everything I want to have in order to do everything that I want to do throughout the year. If you're just starting in duck hunting, you don't need all this stuff. You can do a lot of damage with waders and decoys and a shotgun and some shells. But um, So you don't feel like you have to have all this equipment, but I put down everything pretty much that I have and a couple of long twos on here. Gotcha. Looks like uh, we're losing you a little bit on the connection there. Okay. Give it a second to come back. So, yeah, we're just going to go through the list, like Elliot's saying. Not stuff you have to have. You know, some of this stuff is luxury, um, but maybe we'll kind of uh, outline, like, what the bare minimum basics would be as well. Yeah, and I, I, put them in, I put them in categories. There's clothing, things you need to actually hunt, things you need for comfort, concealment, boats, and then just miscellaneous, which ended up pretty much being tools. Yeah, and if you guys think of anything we missed, go ahead and just comment it and because uh, I'm sure we'll, we'll probably miss things here or there as well that you guys might consider um, needs or necessities or luxuries as well. So, yeah, let's uh, jump right into it. So we'll start with uh, the clothing category. And, um, yeah, I guess go ahead and just, uh, list what you got, what you got. Okay, uh, here, yeah. Let, now let me just list what I've got in the category and then we can talk about let's, whichever. Let's, item uh, how about let's split it up into essentials and then go, you know, to the luxuries afterwards. So okay. name the, okay. name the essentials and then go from there. All right. The essentials are waders, layers of clothing, a camo top layer, heavy socks, um, I guess that'd probably be it. Those would be the essentials. Mm. For me, maybe this is a luxury. I would add is hand warmers for my feet just because it gets so cold that I literally, I don't know if I could duck hunt without them. And then luxury. Um, <laughs> luxury. And you're going to say luxury <laughs> on this one too, but my hands have been numb. I have to have waterproof gloves, especially when you're paddling a, a canoe because the water mm -hmm. gets on your hands. And if you can't use your hands, I mean, Still a luxury, that, though. But I Still mean, if you're late season, you, you can't hunt without them. You don't have to have it. I've I've gone many years without waterproof gloves. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could probably like put like trash bags around your hands and then. No, I just I just bring honestly. I bring about six or seven. Well, somewhere between four and seven pairs of gloves on a hunt with me, and some of the gloves that I've had take water well. And so they get really wet, but they don't get cold when they're wet. And then when they get too wet, I just swap out, swap out for another pair. I got a pair of waterproof uh, neoprene gloves um, from the Hunter's Hall kit this past year, but I, I don't I typically have them because they everyone they always seem to break at the seams too easily. So I'll wear them for a year or two, and then they'll be done for, and I don't replace them. But I've gone a lot of years without waterproof gloves. Hmm. See, that's where I got the the Sitka. Which when I say Sitka, I think it almost becomes the luxury because of the price point, but mm -hmm. <laughs> the Sitka waterproof gloves and man, like I guess they're a luxury, but man, I just, I can't imagine hunting without them at this point. Yeah. I, I should have put those in clothing. I, I had that kind of gloves and comfort and, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's hand true. warmers and comfort too. Yeah. All right. So uh, now maybe here was my, you want know, my luxuries were, um, an extra set of clothes with you. And an all white set of clothing, which I'm in the process. I've got my eye on, on this from the military surplus store down here has some army camo, all white, but white clothes, white mask, white hat, 
um, like a beanie, warm neck gaiter. Those would be my extras. Yeah. Yeah, I would say, uh, you know, for the white clothes, kind of the budget route, a lot of people around here get the the butcher, the butcher jackets or like a painter, mm -hmm. a painter jacket, all white. Yeah. Like uh, we got some, mm -hmm. you know, meat companies around here. And if you know somebody who works there, they'll get you one of the, <laughs> the butcher jackets. So, yeah, I was in I was in the army surplus store um, the other day and I was specifically looking for white stuff and I found it. I didn't get it yet. I'm going to as soon as I get paid again, I'm going to do it. But it's it's got a little bag and you pull it out of the bag and it's got like a white parka, white pants, and it all goes in this little stuff bag. And nice. man, I hope it's still there. Only 50 bucks. And I think I can probably haggle them down to like 25. Really excited about that because we did so much hunting on the ice and, and I'm doing more and more snow goose hunting as time goes on. So having an all white outfit is pretty important. If you're not always in a layout blind, if you're, if you're always in a layout blind, it's not as important. But. Yeah. All right. Let's jump to the next category, which is the hunt. And I'll go ahead and say the essential ones on this one. I would say the essentials are your decoys, your lanyard, um, with your duck calls, obviously. Uh, and, probably a gun which you don't have on there that kind of goes without saying but um, yeah why don't i have that on there <laughs> Shotgun. kind of an essential <laughs> um so yeah i think that's probably the essentials all you need is your duck call your decoys and your gun yeah yeah i know when i was in college and hunting i didn't have that much crap is basically just waiters decoys call bucket yeah and all you, you know. need really for decoys is like five or six Obviously, it helps to have more, but you, if you're talking like bare minimum basics, you're yeah. just starting out, you buy some from, you know, Craigslist or Facebook Marketplace, all you need is just bare minimum, just a few. And and that kind of sets you apart, too, with a lot of people running bigger spreads or, you know, it's really common for people to be running a dozen because that's what you can buy. You know, they come in a set of a dozen. So you're going to look, your, de your set's going to look a little different, too. So it's not terrible to have a small set. Oh, wait, yeah. wait, wait. I definitely didn't say shells, but you're going to need shells <laughs> to go in your shotgun. <laughs> yep. yep. And on the extras, I put spinner, jerk rig, um, Texas rigging, uh, game strap. Those would all be kind of extras that are good, but you wouldn't necessarily have to have them. Yeah. And I'd say another one. I don't know if you have this somewhere else on the list, but your blind bag, your sling pack would be another thing that would be, you know, almost a, almost a need, but not quite because um, obviously you can stuff stuff in your pockets and, but you know, that'd be one of the yeah. first things I'd purchase after the necessities is a blind bag or sling pack. Yeah. I didn't put that on there. I've got actually a big backpack. I can't imagine not having a backpack. I just can't imagine not having something like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're, if you don't have all your camera gear and like, you don't have mm -hmm. food, like all that kind of stuff, like, let's just say you're a complete noob and are a complete new hunter and uh <laughs> you know you're just going with your buddies you don't really need all the extra stuff so you don't have it's not i don't i would say it's not a necessity still yeah i guess yeah i suppose you're not taking much but i always i mean cuz i i've taken people on first time hunts and they they didn't have a, a blind bag of any sort uh, but you're normally taking care of a lot of their gear in those type of situations too yeah that's true so, um, so you say you, have, you got a backpack for your sling or for your uh, your blind bag? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got a it's supposed to be waterproof, but it's not. And yeah, that thing gets jammed full anymore. We don't typically carry um, stuff on our back. We use sleds. So, because um, you can't have the backpack and a ton of decoys on your back. But I can't remember the last time I had decoys on my back, honestly. So you don't have a blind bag at all, then? Just a backpack? I do have yes. I mean, do you, I do have you bring a one as well. I, no, okay. I have, so you bring both. I, I just bring that big backpack, and it and it holds a ton. Hmm. So I don't know if I know anybody who doesn't who only uses a backpack for their 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 blind bag. Because <laughs> you got the yeah. standard blind bags, you got the sling packs, and that kind of you know I was gonna follow up and say like, do you prefer uh, a sling pack, a blind bag, or a back? I guess we'll add the backpack in there for you. Um, you yeah. Know, you prefer the backpack over all those? It just holds so much. I mean, my backpack holds so much gear. Hmm. It's and so I can't a, bl a blind bag just wouldn't it wouldn't be able to hold what I would need it to. So then I'd have to have more than one, and then you have a big problem. 
Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I end up actually taking Especially with all the camera one. gear. I mean, the camera gear continues to in increase, and we're always cooking. So there's always a couple cans of soup in there, a couple cans of water. I just have so much. I do have a nice tangle-free blind bag um, so do you that have I a, got in Hunter's Hall that's just too small. Do you have a, a dry bag? Because that's like I have my sling pack and then a dry bag, and that puts any like essential things that – and then I have a – well, I got it right here actually, but I got a, a waterproof like hard hard case – um, for my camera. My dry bag goes inside my backpack. Yeah, okay. I need I gotcha. need to get a new, I need to invest and get a really nice, fully waterproof backpack because when you're layout boat hunting and you've got a dog, there is no way that things aren't going to get a little bit wet. Yeah. So I think uh, that's the, why. a waterproof backpack would probably be really expensive though, right? Well, actually, they're not that expensive. Um, if you spend $50, you can get one that'll last you a couple of years. And at $50 for a couple of years, because hmm. I still have one, but it just, they start, the more stuff that you start putting in them, then they get stretched out and they'll get little holes in them and stuff. Yeah. Well, I think the biggest problem that is usually the zippers, because you got to have special made zippers for it to be 100% waterproof. And that's usually where your price point goes up. Well, in the back in the backpack, I mean, I, almost everything goes in just the huge inner casing of it. So there's there's a few zippers, but they're not that important. Okay, gotcha. It's just kind of everything in a big bag. Gotcha. And before before we jump to the next topic, um, you know, one thing I wanted to jump back on was uh, waders, and uh, you know, kind of get your thoughts on: Do you you prefer the neoprene or breathable, or have you tried breathable at all? I am just switching over this year to breathable because, and here's why neoprene. I have, I cannot remember the last time I had a pair of neoprene that lasted more than a year. And so if I'm going to go through one pair of waders a year and I, most years, at least half the year, I have water in my feet. Um, yeah. so if I'm going to, if I'm going to have to deal with that, I might as well get the breathable just because they're so much more expensive. I mean, so much less expensive and so much more comfortable. Neoprenes yeah. are not very comfortable. They're not very flexible. So I'm going to the breathable this year and I'll just layer a ton underneath them. Um, so that that's, I'm, I'm making the transition this off season. Nice. Yeah. I've done, I've done both. I actually have done a lot of the breathable for fly fishing because obviously it's in the summer. So I'll use that early season. And then I started switching to late season, but yeah, I don't see a real benefit to using the neoprene as well. It's just the, the only thing I would say is, um, the boots, but you can get breathable ones with boots. So, um, if you have like the, the ones that just have a neoprene boot or not a boot, but a sock, and then you put on your own boot or the boots that come with the waiter, um, mm -hmm. opposed to having like 1600 gram thermal boots. Like I, I think that's the biggest difference that I have in mine. And so if I ever was to go to breathable, I don't know if I would, uh, you know, I might want to try breathable with, um, a thermal boot attached and I don't know what everyone's <laughs> preferences on that but that's something that I'm going to have to try that's the only I think the only version I haven't tried of you know the and then the those boots will be totally waterproof and no problem going in and out of the water at all you well yeah yeah you mean like it's just like your neoprene ones right so you got a boot and they're attached to no um, I mean if you don't if you if you get the kind that are like socks Oh like yeah, then yeah. So the, those boots are not waterproof at all. They they actually have holes for, for uh, you know, draining the water out. But your boot, your not your boot, the sock is is waterproof. It's neoprene all like the sock is mm -hmm. neoprene, and it connects to the breathable wader, um, you know, right at like the line where your ankle would be. Hmm. And then it, then it has a a guard. It has a what do they call it? A gravel guard. And the gravel guard goes over the boot, like slips over it. If you haven't seen them, okay. it's probably hard to picture what I'm trying to yeah. say but i know a lot of people are going to the breathable um you know all season long and i can well, see when it gets why. really cold neoprene just are not comfortable for one they're just yeah they freeze they freeze super hard yeah all right next topic comfort and i guess none of these are essential so um you want to go yeah. ahead and go through the list the comfort list yep um, I like to bring a stool with me, although there's lots of times we don't use it. I like to have it with me, though. Fire starter, um, a lighter, which fire starter and a lighter are almost essential um, if it's really, really cold, as is first aid kit. 
heavy gloves, which are probably going to clothing, um, a small burner for cooking things, and then foot and hand warmers. Nice. And we all always things. have lighter and fire starter with us. All yeah, time, every time. I'd say one other thing is um, comfort. And like, don't take this the wrong way. I'm not saying you should be on your phone while you're hunting all the time, but like, it's <laughs> it's, it's safe to have. So like, having yeah. a a charger for your phone, an mm-hmm. extra battery that you can just plug your cord into it. Because a lot of times we go there out there in the cold weather, um, your battery on your phone is gonna die pretty fast. And if you have that charger um, that you can connect to your phone, you know, it's it's a comfort, you know, ease of mind that if something happens, you're able to, uh, you know, charge your phone and call for help or whatnot (laughs) yeah that's one thing i love about that lights all um cube that it's a little flashlight that it attaches to metal but then also has a little charger on it it's a it's not very big and so but it's a great little emergency charger when you need it it's a it's a nice tool that little cube flashlight from lights all awesome yes all you did the review on that right yeah, I'm gonna be giving one away at the game night on uh, August 15th at six o'clock, seven o'clock mm-hmm. Central. Um, that's well, one of the prizes I'm gonna be giving away. Well, I can just give you my address now if that's easier. Well, you gotta win, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. Win. That's what I'm saying. I'm gonna. I'm win. gonna have four or five different prizes. I think. I'm, I think I'm gonna be giving away <laughs> at least five, maybe more. I'm pretty pumped. I've got a couple hoodies. I've got that flashlight. I've got. I've been talking about I may actually keep that for myself but that's <laughs> I may take that off the list that company kind of well I shouldn't get it I had a little bad experience with them so I may just keep it for myself <laughs> there's going to be a lot of prizes though that's the point a lot of giveaways nice. and next on the list is a boat and yeah yeah you, you got the list of boats so mine would be yep. I got my canoe um, you got your 18 foot your boat and then um you got your sin kayaks paddle life jacket um for me I, I use a kayak paddle opposed to canoe paddle and um yeah i think that about covers it you got anything to add for the boat um you know having a big boat is certainly a luxury and and many many the majority of my hunting years we didn't have one and i only have one now because my dad bought one so it's um, i'm very very blessed with that but when you can get an 18 foot boat and then you have small boats as well that can go on that boat, your whole hunting world opens up. Yeah. That opens so, up a lot of space. I'd say yeah. another kind of thing to add to that, maybe some extra gas, extra yeah. fuel in case you're running out, um, you know, yeah. tools in case you need to work on your, your motor. I've had where uh, the, the starter string on a mud motor broke. And if we didn't have tools to get in there, uh, you would just be stranded. <laughs> so um, you know, at least being able to do that and reconnect your uh, starter string because that's actually common. I've seen that happen, you know, on a lot of gas engines. Maybe not a lot, yeah. but more than a few times. Yeah, well, I am just praying to God we don't have boat problems this year. I'm so <laughs> tired. If you guys watch my freelance duck hunting videos, boat problems tend to be a reoccurring theme, whether it's our fault or, or otherwise. Yeah. But I'm tired of it, man. It's getting old. See, my only boat problem is tipping over with my canoe. Although we did, we did have late season. It was super cold, and uh, the mud motor wouldn't start, and so we just didn't didn't get to hunt the second to last day of season. It was pretty cool, not really. And then you know I've tipped over my canoe one time, yeah. You know, and by me, I mean Chief, when he was a pup. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess yeah. that 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 brings up another point. Uh, most states, it's it's a, a legal requirement to take along a, a flotation device. Um, and just and so in you our know, state, you have to bring you have to bring life jacket and like the square throwable ones as mm-hmm. well. Huh. See, our state is just one or the. I think it's just one or the other. I maybe you should uh, double check on that. But as far as I know, you just have to have one per person. And when I bought mine, um, just kind of a little bit of a, a tip for this, I, I just went to Walmart and bought like a bright red one and, you know, not the best thing to have for duck hunting. Cause I always have to make sure that's hidden well. And, yeah. uh, you know, when, when companies like Under Armour are like changing their logo color from red, which is like a tiny square in your shirt, you know, to green to be like more matching to the area for camo, you know, that like if you're just having like a square of your, your little seat being shown that it's, you know, not good. So you can buy camo of those. And I didn't know at the time or didn't think of it at the time that to buy camo life preservers. 
Mm. All right. Yeah, ours so, are kind of a tan. Yeah, Earth colors I think work too. Yeah. Next, next uh, we, category we, we got is. We jump oh, past I, I jumped. Back. Let's take it back to there and uh, yeah. go ahead and give us the um, essentials on that. Well, uh, I, I'm not sure that these aren't essentials, but it's certainly, I'd say, best practices. We have a couple tarps that are camo with then netting behind it to make them a little tougher that go into little stuff sacks. And we always have those with us in case we need to build a quick blind. Um, we've got layout blinds, layout boat, bl bl layout blinds for the layout boat, and then also raffia grass to help um, brush your blinds, at least with a base coat. And then, uh, I don't, I don't uh, know if any of those are necessities. There's one one that you kind of forgot that's a necessity. I think it's kind of like most people would agree that uh, face paint is obviously a necessity. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what what was the poll? How did that poll end up? I don't remember. Um, I'd have to go back and look. I think. Do you know, remember what slide that is? Uh, face. I think it's two or three. I think it's two. Yeah, and uh, the the poll was eleven. No, no, it was seven. Seven for face paint. Dang it. Yeah. Oh, I guess you know what? I do have that under hunting. I've got mask or paint. Yeah. I did put that in. Nice. Just a different another concealment here, right? <laughs> yeah. So it's yeah, yeah, that's true. We already talked about it. But I definitely would chalk that up to essential. Um <laughs> not really. You can obviously use yeah. like natural natural vegetation for all your blinds. You know, just make a natural blind and be okay with that. All right, so jump into the miscellaneous. Good, big tarp is, a, a good big tarp it comes in really, really handy in certain situations, I'll tell you. So when you say tarp, though, are you talking about the netting or actual tarp? Well, it's netting. It's like camo netting, and we get the kind that's that's that you have the fabric, and then behind it you've got like what kind of like volleyball net material, you know, so it's, it's reinforced. Gotcha. All right, let's Herp. jump over to the miscellaneous, which I'm not sure. Again, none of these are essentials. Maybe maybe a knife for cleaning your ducks, but you're probably not. You're only using that if you're cooking, right? Yeah. And I, I usually don't cook a duck until I get home. So for me, these are all non-essentials, but um, multi-tool, earplugs, um, small saw, knife, axe, zip ties. And most of that is for blind building, I'm assuming. It's why you, you marked a lot of that down. Mm -hmm. and yeah. break and uh, I would say like uh, you know the small saw is something that uh, um, I don't I, I haven't been using but I definitely want to add one of those to my blind bag just because there's been plenty of times where I'm like struggling real hard to break down natural vegetation um, for for making my blind and like it's just a struggle and man if you just had a little saw kind of like the same kind of saw people use when they're cutting branches around their, their tree stand or something um, you'd be golden. Yeah. I, I would say that multi-tool is almost essential. I've had so many days where something happens with my gun that I have to use a multi-tool to either to kick the pen out or, or whatever, but I, I would yeah. I'd hate to be out without a multi-tool. Yeah. I, I would add one other thing too, um, is oil or a spray for your gun in case you're getting a lot of, uh, failed discharges on your gun. Sometimes you just need to add a little lubrication um right on spot and that'll help you out a lot you know maybe get some grit in there or something like that uh, that's a good point i had a, about 10 misfires last year it really was frustrating mm -hmm. um and so i should probably throw that in my bag yeah um there's one other i just had on, on the oh yeah a finisher tool um i actually don't i don't own one but my buddy has one and it's just like uh it seems a lot better than wringing their necks in my opinion it just it seems like it's a hundred percent you don't really struggle with it um you know you just find the hole and mm -hmm. and finish the bird off in a humane way and so i've I, got I one. that to the miscellaneous have you used it before no i'm gonna give it to aiden because aiden is terrible at wringing necks <laughs> i am too you, and my there's uh, kind of an art to it yeah I, I would agree because I've had struggles with it and I feel terrible when you wring their neck and you still see them like, you know, wiggling around. You're like, what, like, what did I do wrong? And then like, uh, you know, the buddy who showed me, um, you know, thankful for him to show me and stuff. But uh, he, I, 
I don't think he understood how to do it exactly right too because the first time he went to show me he's like you hold the bird like this you swing it around and literally the bird goes flying he's still holding the head in his hand I'm like yeah <laughs> and uh, you know that's definitely not like I, I'll take a finisher tool over that every day of the week okay so, so this, let me ask you a question about ringing necks and I want everyone listening to think about this when you're ringing a bird's neck does, is the bird when you're spinning the bird is it above your fist or is the bird below your fist so basically, is your fist above your elbow when you're doing it, or is your fist below your elbow when you're doing it? I'm going to say below for me. I mean, I guess it's right there. It's kind of like the access point, and you're kind of swinging it around. Typically, typically when people are having, from what I've seen, is when people are having problems breaking the necks on the twist, is that the bird, either they're either holding that in front of them like a propeller, or they're doing it with their fist below it. If you if you put your thumb right on the actual neck itself and you keep the bird so where your fist is below the elbow, within two, tw- two tw- twirls, you can actually feel the neck snap. And it's mm. very, very efficient and easy to do. But I think that most people are, I think there's a form to it that a lot of people don't get and that's when it becomes difficult to snap them because it's actually very very easy and you can feel the neck the the minute it snaps if you're not doing it right if you're not feeling the neck snap then you're not doing it right well when i come up there to kansas you're gonna have to learn me up on that because <laughs> i'm not doing it right i'm not uh feeling so you anything. have some uh, lessons i don't know if aiden's gonna go with us <laughs> when we go out or not but i i'm giving him the finisher because he's terrible at it <laughs> all right next category right up your alley we got Chef Borardi in the house, so go through your uh, your your food topic. My food. Um, we 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 bring a small burner, which you can buy them at Walmart. You just get the little tiny propane and a little burner. Um, I always bring at least two cans of soup. A lot of times three, because inevitably there's at least one person that didn't bring anything, and I don't want to eat mine. Uh, instant coffee packets, a little pot to warm water in, water spoons. I need to seasoning and then a thermos with coffee. Mm. So I would say there's a couple things that I have. Uh, well, a few that you don't. Um, I like to take Powerade with me just because I enjoy to drink it. And a lot of times I I don't take the time to make coffee beforehand. So I just take I'll take Diet Mountain Dew, <laughs> the the healthy choice, and um, then I'll take um, I don't know maybe some I'm lost. protein granola you. bars. Up, oh, you're back now. Yeah, and again, the last thing I take is protein granola bars. So Diet Mountain Dew, Powerade, and protein granola bars. And that's all I take for my food. It's a little uh, less, um, a little less. Uh, I don't know what, you, what you'd call it, but it doesn't take as much time to cook. I know you enjoy your uh, Chef, BR, Chef Boy RD, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, one of the things I like about the fires it's just the time around a fire. I mean, anytime you've been around a fire with a group of guys, it's a special time. And so we do that most hunts and it's just time around the fire with talking about whatever our lives, our hunt, our, you know, our spiritual beliefs, whatever. And it's just really, really bonding more than just sitting on a line with a couple guys. You know what I'm saying? It's, I wouldn't pass it up for anything, yeah. but the soup adds a lot of weight for, for sure. Gotcha. All right. Well, I guess we're kind of ending. Uh, we're running to the end of our time here. So let's see if we have any questions. Yeah, go ahead and uh, yeah. If you guys got a question, go ahead and drop it. The chat is actually buzzing right by. So any questions that you guys have, and I'll, I'm going to read through my list of camera gear that I take along with it. And all of this gear, I would say the majority of this gear that we read off today are actually with me on about every single hunt. That's why I need such a big backpack. There's so much stuff. But my camera equipment is two external batteries, um, my Panasonic video camera with three batteries, my Canon video camera with two batteries, my stabilization mount over with three batteries, and then um, a couple of different GoPro mounts. So now a couple of those items are new to me this year, but yeah. more and more. Yeah, mine's pretty similar. Um, I actually use my smartphone a lot of times. Like if I can't get my big camera out, it's waterproof. It does okay, you know, shoots in 1080p. 
Um, so honestly, that's an essential part of it. And then the big camera, obviously, way better quality, which I have a Panasonic G7, which is a really good entry-level DSLR. Um, you know, put a 50-millimeter lens on there, and you're going to look pretty close to professional. Um, you know, And then I take three batteries for the camera. I take two external charging batteries for the, the phone, for um, any of anything you want to plug in. USB ports, they both have two USB ports. Um, I got a GoPro 5, and then I got like three off-brand GoPros. I'm probably going to stop using them because the quality compared to the other stuff is not near as good. And then I got a shot cam. Um, GoPro, I have three batteries, and the shot cam, I have two. It adds up, so. adds up. <laughs> especially keeping oh, all the yeah. batteries charged. Not yeah. a pain. Oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. And then all the mounts and everything and the lenses. Take I have three yeah. lenses for my DSLR. So take those in a, a Plano, like I was showing earlier. Um, waterproof case that's perfect yeah so let's go ahead and look for any questions somebody said what about a mud motor um i don't have a mud motor for a canoe i've seen people hook them on there that would be awesome <laughs> <laughs> we've got a mud buddy um 4200 it's called black death which i joke my dad about because my dad's not doesn't really set out to be very macho and what more macho name could you have than black death but <laughs> that's yeah. our that's our mud motor What's a good price for a camera? So a good starting price for DSLR um, is probably without the lenses, uh, probably with the lens, I would say around 500. Um, you know, obviously you can go way up from there, way way down. Like if you want to get like a GH5 with the kit lens, it's closer to like 1700, which is really good, really good uh, entry level. Well, I guess better than entry level. And then I guess you can probably speak on the, the prosumers and the, the camcord type cameras more than I could. If you just want to get started with filming and you're like, man, I don't even know how much I want to do this. I don't have that much of a budget for $250. You can pick yourself up. Um, well, you go and look at my season one and you'll see what you can get for about 200. It's not that bad. I mean, I had a lot of people watching when I was using that camera. It was a JVC um, Evero and it's about a 200, $225 camera. And, and I think even now the $250 cameras now are a lot better than that. So um, I mean, if you're just wanting to see if this is something you like to do and you like to think about your hunts, you can certainly get a camcorder for 250. That'll do the job. And then if it's something that you really see in your future and then you want to upgrade, you can do it from there. So I basically stair step myself. I, the first camera I had was about 200. Then season two and three, my camera was about five, 600. And now I went out and bought about a 900. So I'm kind of stair stepping my, the next camera that I purchase, unless it's replacing the one I have. Um, because it's ruined is probably going to be about $2,500. That's kind of my next step. 2,500. Someone asked what kind of canoe I have. Um, the canoe I have, uh, I can't remember. I, I got it off of Craigslist, $200. Like my canoe is nothing, nothing special. It's actually named after a town in Michigan. And now I can't remember what it is. And then, um, Steve asked, Elliot, are you ready for till? Not to go far, pretty more. Okay, something yeah. about till. Um, I'm ready, you ready for till. For sure. I'm ready for till too. Uh, <laughs> our big question on till season is water because where we normally go um, is really struggling for water. Um, so that's the big question for us: is what's the water situation going to be like? But we will be out there trying. We've got. We may actually go to the river and see if we can't just get a couple passes in. But yeah, we're we're ready to go for till. Absolutely. Zach asked, what decoys do I need starting off? I'd say just a dozen of the cheapest brand you can get. If you're just starting off, you don't need anything special. Just get 12. Um, you don't even have to take all of them all the time. Maybe even go off Craigslist. You can get some good deals on Craigslist. Yep. Facebook. I, some, someone sent me a link for like a bunch of decoys for like 10 bucks on Facebook the other day. But they, they were those old ones. But I mean, you know, if you're just starting out, who cares? Tucker says, duck gun, could we meet up for up sometime and slay some honkers um <laughs> i have no idea who you are tucker do you live in indiana um <laughs> uh, cool. and do you have great hunting or does he want your hunting <laughs> yeah do you have a great hunt i can join you on or are you, you looking to <laughs> join up with my me? ears always perk up when it's like yeah i've got this and that come with me and you know that's when i have guys that'll say that and i'm like okay well call me back you know when when they're in and then it's like i don't hear anything so 
I, yeah. I'm, I'll be open to it, but I, I'm not open to people just wanting to just come with us that I don't know because we have a full crew. But people in the mm-hmm. area that are like, hey, come with us, I'm a little more open ears to myself. Yeah. Anything um, else? I don't know. It looks like uh, what what is a need for a dog? Someone uh, once blind outdoors asked, what's a need for a dog? A need for a dog... Um, a good trainer. <laughs> um, I'd say comforts or non-necessities would be a whistle. It depends on what, how much you have your dog trained. If you have your dog trained for whistle sits and hand, hand signals, the whistle is definitely, definitely a necessity. And, um, you know, prior in the past, I might have even said that an e-collar is a necessity for a dog like that or one of the, you know, the fake ones they put on that makes them think they have it on but you know talking to guys like barton ramsey who doesn't use it at all is obviously um not a necessity because his dogs are amazing um so yeah you have anything to add for the dogs elliot no i think you did a did a good job on it we should probably shut it down pretty quick because we're heading over to foul front to yep yep be on their podcast I'm, i'm excited about that that'll be fun yeah me too so, all right, that's all we got for tonight. Thanks again, guys, for joining us. Um, you know, once again, I'm Jordan from Duck Gun Chronicles on YouTube. Elliot, freelance duck hunting on YouTube. And uh, that's all we got for this week. And we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, as always, folks, for joining us on another episode of the Duck Gun Podcast. Guys, we really appreciate every one of you tuning in week after week and joining us for the podcast. I'm going to ask you guys to do us one huge favor this week. If you could share the podcast with any of your duck buddies, that would be huge for us, and we'd really appreciate it. And it'd help us out, honestly, more than anything else. So I know there's not much time before the season. We're getting pumped. Hope you guys are getting pumped, and we'll see you guys next week. Let's go.